We really should stop this fighting. Otherwise, we'll miss the fireworks. There won't be any fireworks. And here we... And welcome, everybody, to Socket! I am the great and powerful king of kings, prince of all that is awesome, Derek. How the fuck is everybody doing tonight? On this fabulous December 15th of the horrible year that has been 2020, we are, let's see here, about 10 days away from Christmas. We're about 16, 17 days away from the end of the year. We're almost there, guys. We're almost there. We can say successfully, everyone that's listening to this moment, you know, we have survived 2020. And if you think you're not going to be able to make it, just remember that it's only 16 days away. 16 days. December 31st. It's over. It's over. So, you know what? I think I might even put a, a We Survived 2020 shirt on my, you know, website because that would be funny. You know, to wear around a shirt that says I survived 2020 and everyone should buy it because it'd be fucking hilarious as hell. Just, you know, so maybe I'll just do that. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But either way, go to dckproductions.com forward slash shop to find out. <laughs> but. Okay. I'm being interrupted by a 10 year old and she's pissing me off. So maybe, maybe we should just tell her to go. Let, let, goodbye, Joel Isabella. Goodbye. No. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to ignore her. I'm going to talk to you people. So, you know, again, we're almost there to the end of the year, so hopefully we can continue to survive. And buy a, I survived 2020 t-shirt. I don't know. Maybe they'll be up on the, on the website here in the next couple of days. But either way, we are going to continue our music talk that we have been for the last two months with another indie band today and a, a fresh, brand-new indie band. Formed in 2019, straight out of Atlanta, band called Heather Set. And they have just released their very, very first single, Wick to Handle, available now. Links are in the bio and the description, so go and check that out. But let's just get right to it, because these two guys that I have on with me today from them are fantastic, and I can't wait for you guys to talk to them. So without any further ado, please welcome from the band Heather Set, Yergi and Cragen. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. How are you? You know what? I am fantastic. You know, tomorrow we're supposed to have our first snow day of the year. We're supposed to get like six to eight inches. I'm so excited. They already called school for tomorrow. So that means my daughter's going to be bugging me all day to go fucking sledding. <laughs> so i guess we'll see not how, a bad problem to have no not at all it, it, you know that's just one of those things where you know you just kind of oh whatever but yeah supposed to wake up tomorrow to a good couple inches and it's supposed to just pound us all day long tomorrow so i'm excited i don't know if i've ever owned a sled 
No? No. Never had to. I guess, yeah. yeah, in Georgia, I guess, yeah, yeah. Unless you want to slide down the... a grassy hill. <laughs> well, that'd be kind we of We take the trucks man. off the skateboards. That was pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I owned sleds in, when I used to live in Ohio, and then I lived in Florida for 25 years before I moved to Virginia. Um, so I didn't have a you know sled down there, obviously, but here they're all the rage. You get a water sled. Got <laughs> in the ocean, you get a water sled. <laughs> yeah, watch me bust my ass a few times because that's just how it goes. So how's things going for you guys? <clears throat> Good, I guess, considering the uh, circumstances. Yeah, we're I alive. Still go to That's work. pretty good. You're still breathing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what more can be said about that? I mean, you, you survived the plague of 2020. You know, you sur- we've survived the the election, you know, even though your state was at the... We haven't. Well, no, because your state's <laughs> still in the fucking heart of it all. <laughs> we're in yeah. the gauntlet, man. Oh, my God. Uh, Joe Joe Biden's here right now. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in my basement. <laughs> no, he's in. <laughs> he was in Georgia today. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see that. All I was yeah. doing was waiting. I, I was just watching my Twitter feed so eloquently, waiting for the next thing to come out of Trump's mouth because I think it's that's like the source of my daily comedy. Whenever I'm having a down bipolar day, I just read Donald Trump's tweets and I laugh a little. Yeah, like when he woke up on Thanksgiving and immediately was like, I won the election. <laughs> <laughs> that was just it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to say much more about it, but, you know, I, I still find it funny that I think it was like a week or two ago, somebody asked him and he finally asked, answered a question from the media. They said, if the Electoral College, you know, elects Joe Biden, you know, will you accept? He goes, if that happens, I will accept and I will, you know... And I will declare that, you know, no more. And all day today, he sure, just keeps, he's, just, he's just spouting off still, oh, I won the election. This is the biggest fraud in history. Like, dude, you know, that was done yesterday. What, so what happened to what you said two weeks ago? I don't know. It's funny as shit. You know, I said last night, hopefully it's all over. Apparently it's not. So who knows? But I, I don't yeah, want... It's kind of like COVID. It won't be over for a while. You're 100% well, right. I mean, they, they won't admitted... Won't stop seeing him. Well, they, they administered their first vaccine yesterday. So hopefully mm-hmm. that that does some good. Um, but the thing about it is, you know, I, I fear that we don't know the long term effects of it yet. So who knows what's really going to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are saddled with uh, long term pre-existing conditions and, and whatnot. Exactly. And, but- that, and that's what scares me the most. I mean, is it going to be effective? Probably when there's three different companies out there doing the same thing. One of them's bound to work, but at the same time... I'll take the whole cocktail. I'll do all three. Yeah, it's just, yeah. you know, I, I just worry about the long-term effects, you know? That's what I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. But anyway... I don't remember the last time I went to the doctor and had shots, so it'll <laughs> it'll be nostalgic for me. Oh, my so. God, man. I, I've I've been poked and prodded so many times in the last two years. You know, just another shot won't, you know, phase me at all. You know, I've... I broke my neck last year, so that was that was fun. Lots of poking and prodding and surgery, um, and then I just recently hurt my back, so that's even more poking and prodding and pain medicine in my fucking ass. Um, that's that's my favorite thing. I just, I love going to the doctor and getting a needle in my ass. It's 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 my weekly 
thing <laughs> that I just love doing for some unknown reason. I don't like it at all. <laughs> I was going to say, like, literally in your ass. And also, had they Sounds put like it. like we should try it. Yeah. She at least, <laughs> you know, pretty well. she at least wipes it down and warns me first. Here it comes. Oh, you're going to feel a burning sensation. Oh, they sensation. wiped your ass for you. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those, those nurses at the, at the ER, man, they'd take good care of you. <laughs> Make you smell nice. Hell, you know, um, I don't have, a, I don't have a wife anymore to do that for me, so I need somebody to do it. See, now yeah. I, I ruined the humor by being sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, good for you, man. Good I'm for me. For I'm divorced again. See, that's, I thought that was a good thing. It, it, I don't, I don't, I, by and large, I, I don't know if it is or I can't answer that question honestly. Because <laughs> I don't know if she's watch. I know she's not watching live. But what if she listens in the, on her way to work tomorrow? I'm just saying. I should know that you're hanging out with two cool dudes. <laughs> One of them's on a beach. <laughs> One of them's on a beach. <laughs> Scoreboard. No. You're on island time now. <sighs> you know, my brother lives on island time because he's a fucking scuba diver who lives in the Keys. And he knows no other oh, time cool. than dive time. <laughs> His life is, revolves around diving. So that's fucking rad. That is a real thing. I remember one year, shit, maybe eight years ago, uh, we were all meeting up for my birthday, and him and his wife went uh, scuba diving somewhere, and they were running late. And he gets there, and I go, Jesus Christ, dude, you're like a half hour, 45 minutes late, whatever it was. And he's like, I'm not late, I'm on time, because I'm still on dive time. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> So is dive time any different? Like, I guess. I mean, I know the ocean's not going anywhere, but like, <laughs> <laughs> is, is there a literal like scuba diving like time that that they operate by? Like an hour later than everybody else it, for any certain reason? It, I guess. It or just be. being an asshole. <laughs> it could be because like you know, oh, we're only gonna dive for like an hour, and then like a, two hours later, ah, oh, that was a great fucking you know. They don't even realize how long they're underwater, and they come out like, oh, it's only been an hour. Even though it's been two, and they just kind of go from there. They I go with our, like band time. They go. With yeah, I was family. gonna say that that must be the time that Zach's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's band time, drummer time, bassist time. Everybody's got their uh, their allotted time that they're allowed to be late until it's not understandable anymore. <laughs> you know what? I don't. I, you know, I, that's that's pretty spot on the nose. I would say. 30 minutes. Yeah. That's the cutoff. <laughs> Is that what we're allowed to give you? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever been more than 30 minutes late. Well, you're I'm exactly... usually the first. I'm usually the first one there. <laughs> Today's no. <laughs> well, Today's today no you were, you were right on time, you know? So, Hey, I'm happy. I had an emergency dump. I had to take. Yeah, I did too. So I feel you. I was a couple minutes late coming downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. We're men. Yeah, also Chinese food. I had the Chinese food flowing through me uh, with all the spices. That's you know, I love me some Chinese food. I just ate the uh, homemade chicken Alfredo with with made from scratch Alfredo sauce. It was the bomb. I'm like all I'm a really big fan of Alfredo. I, I'm a domesticated dad. I I make shit from scratch. And, and you would. 
sir, you would love my Alfredo. It's it is the absolute bee's knees. It is the del- most delicious thing you'll ever put in your mouth. <clears throat> I'm sure I would. <laughs> but anyway, I don't have anything against Alfredo. Just never been like great. Everyone freaks out about Alfredo. I don't know what it is. It's actually where Suck It podcast came from. It's like serpent uh, noodles. That's that's what you're sucking on Suck It podcast. It's just some delicious fettuccine. You know, you can take it and and spin it however you want. Is you know, <laughs> uh, you know where the name comes from. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll get into the real reason why that uh, the name of the suck it is, you know, the way it is, but we'll talk about that later. But um, oh, fuck. <laughs> actually, it's going to surprise you. It's going to surprise I bet you. It will. Um, yeah. So anyway, let's let's get down to the nit and gritty. Um, you guys formed in 2019, mm-hmm. and now just came out with your new, your first single i don't want to say your new single your first single mm-hmm. how are you guys feeling i feel pretty good uh for a new band uh releasing something during covid that we haven't played a show since march we've gotten some pretty good support from our friends anyway i don't know who else is listening but <laughs> it's been yeah, pretty releasing good. anything at all is 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 a real uh, awesome experience, and given the current climate uh, of this entire year to date, it's um, it's been more fun than you would think to write and record an album, and releasing it uh, without being able to play shows is very odd. Never had to do anything like that before, but it's kind of a a test of your of how extremely online you are and that's tough for our band yeah yeah I mean, like you said it's oh. not a new single it's it's the first single so like we had this song back in 2019 so finally putting it out is good yeah i mean and let's be real for a second here because i mean i've had this conversation the last two months with multiple indie bands because you know, uh, about around that same time, I started doing just nothing but indie bands, you know, I kind of changed course, was right around the time when I got an email from my favorite band and the freaking planet, Avenged Sevenfold. And it was basically, yeah. it was, hey guys, you know, we're doing great over here, blah, 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 I hope you're doing well, just want to let you know our new album is 100% complete. However, due to the way that we release our music and we need our stage set and we need that touring to back our new album, we're not going to release it until we're ready to tour. Me as a fan got a little offended by that because I want at least something. Can you at least release, you know, a guitar solo by Sinister Gates? Give me something to latch on to instead of an email saying, hey, sorry, we're not going to do this. We know we have it for you, but just not yet. However... Mm -hmm. This is where this this is where that benefits you, and this is why I decided to at that point to dedicate the rest of the year at least to indie bands because of that exact sentiment. You guys are able to level the playing field and say, "Hey, 
We don't have to compete with Seven Dust this coming Friday. We don't have to compete with Avenged Sevenfold this coming Friday. Or Volbeat or Slipknot or whoever else is coming out with a new album or a new single this week. You guys are just competing against other indie bands who are out there promoting each other. So the, the playing field is much different this year. And you guys have the advantage. Yeah, it's absolutely a testament to your creativity as an artist, too, and just as a, um, as, uh, for lack of a better word, like a, like a business owner, a band being a business, is coming up with creative ways to self-promote and to engage with your fans dur- while we're not able to play shows, while the whole reason for being an artist, one could argue, is completely thrown out the window. So um, seeing all these virtual concerts and other like high-production versions of a show just introduced online uh have been really interesting to see uh, really inspiring for sure for a smaller younger band like ourselves um and kind of paves a path for how music is going to be sold to people uh for a long time i mean like you said earlier this won't be over for a while so um everybody's gonna have to get creative and you're starting to see now those who can and those who can't, you know, deal with not being able to tour. You know, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I put on a virtual concert um, on Friday. Um, it was a charity event for Toys for Tots, and I had 13 different bands on, um, again, all indie. Um, and the reception for it was absurd. It was crazy. You know, the amount of engagement it got, the amount of compliments we got, and just how much it was, you know, fantastic. People were loving it. Um, And I had an eclectic mix of everything on there, everything from pop punk to pop to, you know, indie rock and ska. You know, it was all over the place. And it was beautifully, beautifully done, um, if I don't say so myself because I produced it. Um, But the the bands did a fucking hell of a job and because they know, you know, that might be the only opportunity they get to play in front of people for a while. So they, they took the bull by the horns and said, fuck it, we're doing it. And they did a great job with it. So my hat's off to them. And, uh, but you're right. You know, there's some bands that have you know taken that virtual opportunity this year and some that haven't, you know, whether it be Trivium that did it back in June or July, you know, Corey Taylor did it back in August or September, whenever he did his, you know, um, and there's been a few others. was a big one. Yeah. Cord Orange did one. Um, I mean, there's been a few others, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. But, you know, and, and they're doing the right things. You know, um, I think Corey Taylor d- did a fantastic job being that he was the biggest one that did it. Um, now, if he was out there doing for Slipknot, do you think it would have come together the same? Eh, maybe not. But I'm glad that he at least did that. Um, but, yeah, the rest of them have done a, a stellar job with what they've done and what they've been able to do. So, you know, I hope that that continues through this. Because I don't know when music's going to be able to come back. I don't know when comedy's going to be able to come back. I mean, I'm a stand-up, you know, and I love getting up there in front of the crowd, too. Um, and this year, the only thing I've done is sit in front of my computer and do Zoom comedy shows. And that's weird. Um, to literally that's very weird. talk to a computer. Crowd work's got to be tough. Huh? Crowd work has to be tough. It, it, <laughs> it really call. is. Um, because, you know, and I've told this, said this before, but, like, you know, when you're up on a stage, as you guys know, 
you know, lights in your face. You can't really see everybody in the crowd. You can see a select few people and some of the further back. But as far as people that are up close and personal, the lights are just too bright to be able to see who they are. Um, however, when you're on a Zoom show and if the Zoom <clears throat> moderator leaves all the people up there, therefore you can see every beautiful face in front of you and you're getting to a point in your set where you're about to tell a rape joke and you see an 80-year-old couple on the front of your screen, you question whether or not you should say said joke. <laughs> and at which point, Derek just turns off his monitor and prays to God because <laughs> he's just going to do it anyway. But it's yeah, it gets weird because you don't get to – the crowd control, the crowd work is very, very different. Um, it, it It's very, very different. But – it, uh, at least I'm doing it, you know, at least I'm doing something. Yeah, we've, we've yet to do any sort of, well, actually, no, that's not true. I was going to say we haven't done any uh, streaming thing, but we did do that one thing. Um, we did uh, a Twitch uh, yeah. concert or Twitch yeah. festival kind of thing, uh, like really early on, like once we um, had a lockdown in Georgia, a uh, pseudo lockdown. Uh, yeah, we before we realized Twitch how concert. big everything was yeah we're all sharing a microphone yeah, <laughs> yeah. Night. it was a terrible idea yeah it, it was it was probably it was in the like, first couple confirmed cases in georgia so yeah it was like maybe april or may or something like that yeah the twitch concerts have been pretty popular as well um there's been quite a few you know artists that go, have gone on twitch and will do you know weekly you know acoustic sets or you know, are just on there all the time, you know, taking requests, whatever the case might be. There's this one, like, like one of the most famous bands on there. I can't think of the name of them, um, but they're on there almost every day, just jamming out. Um, hell, I mean, smart. Yeah, their band called Hallocene is what I think the name of it is. Um, yeah, and they're just, you know, they take tips for requests. And other than that, they're just going to do the set that they pre-planned. Um, and it's fun. I mean, it's, it's fun to watch, but again, it's nothing can replace the, the feeling of being on a live venue. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always awkward. Like even when we did that stream in between, it was mostly just like, let's get through the songs and then get the hell out of here. Cause <laughs> in between songs, it was just like, Oh, should I look at the mic or like, what do I, do we talk or, and everybody's waiting in the next room to play. <laughs> Yeah, and for a lot of bands, too, they rely on uh, live shows to actually make their real income. I mean, they're, it, it, streaming is nice. Uh, out, what little album sales you can get as a uh, as a smaller artist is good, but it's really on the road where you actually make money that you can take home and reinvest into your band, into merchandise or equipment or uh, more avenues for growth like you know, PR managers, that sort of thing. So not being able to sell merch, not being able to make their guarantees is just kneecapping people. And, and, you know, kudos to those who take to Twitch, which is, you know, directly linked to viewers, credit cards and can, you know, go ahead and tip them and stuff. Cause that's gotta be the only way you can actually make a buck off of music right now, uh, besides streaming. So, um, yeah, the, yeah those who capitalizing on that are set up. Live shows, that's really where people buy your merch. Yeah. Absolutely. It's harder to get people to, like, order things. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and based on contracts as well, I mean, a lot of uh, labels will, uh, you know, or, or a lot of record label contracts, your 
uh, highest margins where the label is going to take the least amount of money from the band would be from live shows that, you know, they might not touch live shows at all, or they might take more out of online sales and stuff. So it would, you know, it, it would make sense to tour more often than not if you're actually trying to put money back into your band's pocket. Yeah. I mean, cause the smart way to do it is if you are touring band, um, you set up an LLC, um, and, and filter it in that way. And then therefore, cause the LLC isn't under contract. So, um, nine times out of 10, the fees that the, uh, record labels take from touring is a lot less. Um, and you're right. Um, touring is where it's at. Cause I mean, I don't know the numbers for, am assuming for Amazon or anywhere else, but I do, I do know the numbers for Spotify and the Spotify numbers are, are shit. You know, it takes, you know, one song streaming one million times to be able to make five grand, you know, um, or, you know, a combination of 20 songs, you know, however many times, you know, to make one grand, to make five grand, a million streams for $5,000. That's what it takes. And, you know, if you're not hitting that every year, you know, even if you're, hitting, you know, that's not a lot of money, even if you are hitting that every year. Um, it, it's the touring, it's the everything else. Now, again, I don't know what Spotify, excuse me, what a, what a Deezer or, you know, Tidal or Amazon Music or, you know, Pandora Pay, but still, you know, it's, it's not significant enough to be able to survive. You know, it's merchandise, it's, um, and touring. And you guys have got to find a way to get back out there again. And I'm hoping that in the coming year we can, but Right now, even looking at the new year, it's going to be kind of bleak. Because, um, again, and I've said this before as well, you know, the only thing that I know of for next year as far as the rock scene goes is um, Aftershock in California. That's the only thing that got announced. Um, and that card is freaking full. So, you know, what else is there going to be? It's, you know, and, and, you know, and for those of you who are listening, if you're thinking about going to Aftershock next year, don't go Thursday. Just go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Nobody wants to see Lincoln. Excuse me, a Limp Biscuit freaking headline a show anymore. Um, just wanted to. I just wanted to throw that out. I kind of do. We, yeah. <laughs> well, I was, was going to say I know someone who does. It wasn't going to be Yuri though. It's going to be Dave. I hope Dave sees. Yeah, Dave, I know you want to see Limp Biscuit <laughs> on a Thursday. <laughs> I don't think I know any, any anyone personally who would decline a ticket, you know, if offered, like, w would I pay X amount of dollars to go see Limp Biscuit specifically? No. But if I was buying a weekend pass, hell yeah. I'm going oh, oh yeah. I mean, Thursday if show. I bought the whole Limp Biscuit on a Thursday, that's a story. Yeah. If I bought the <laughs> that's, whole that's four cool. and my girlfriend just texted me, hold up. I would see Limp Biscuit. Yes. Of course you hell would. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially on a Thursday. Um, Makes it even better. God damn it, Jennifer. Um, <laughs> Jennifer, you got good taste. Um, <laughs> Whether you like the music or not, it's a show. So it's, it's, a, it's a cool it's looking a show. Cool show. But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, as far as like the Thursday show goes, Parkway Drive is going to be there. So that's a good one. Okay, so actually, the whole Thursday is actually pretty badass. So it's Parkway Drive, Testament, Hate Breed, Exodus, Knocked Loose, and Fit for a King. Okay. So, yeah. so that's actually a really <laughs> fucking great Thursday. Um, yeah, I'd go to that. I'd sit through all of that, you know, just to watch Limp Bizkit. Um, and actually, this fucking card is amazing. Um, 
Social Distortions playing on it, Rise Against, Mastodon, Pennywise, Pretty Reckless, Black Veil Bride, Steel Panther. I mean, Bad Flower, (laughs) Offspring, Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Gojira, Asking Alexandria, Rancid, Volbeat, Seether, Skillet. I mean, this fucking is a great damn card. It's all over the place. Yeah. Well, we're going to see a rush of people to, uh, or a rush of bands rather, and artists to try to pack as many like onto the festival circuit as possible. I mean, like European tours right now have to be like insane. They are because all these bands are realizing they're opening up sooner. I can go play Italy next year for sure. I mean, I've <laughs> if seen... I can, you know, make it through immigration or what have you. I have seen in the last week at least 10 or 12 bands announce European tours for next year. But nobody's announcing shit for here. Um, And Europe is going to be the place to fucking be next year for music. I mean, it always is anyway. I mean, with places like Download Festival or, you know, Rock Am Ring or, you know, the other ones that they have, those are the, the best festivals in the world. I mean, no offense to, you know, you know, what used to be Rock on the Range, now it's Sonic Temple or, um, you know, Open Air Houston or Open Air, you know, um, Detroit or Carolina Rebellion or Rock Lahoma. No offense to those, but they just don't compare. They pale in comparison to what they got going on in Europe. Yeah, they can't touch like Vakken or Redding or anything like that. No, absolutely not. I just think of Billy Town. Like, every video you see of Billy Town, it's like <laughs> a huge crowd. <laughs> Rock and ring! <laughs> and they're Canadian, too, and they never come to the States. I saw them once in a crowd of, like, 12 people at Warped. Yeah, I was going to say they used to, like, when those first two albums were coming out. But I guess after that, they were like, oh, yeah, Europe. In Europe, people still like rock, hard rock anyway, I guess. Way more than they do here. I mean, like you just said, and I said too, you know, Rock Am Ring. If you've ever gone on YouTube and watched, you know, videos of Rock Am Ring, that fucking place that they hold it at holds 150, maybe 200,000 people. And it is packed to the guild. It is redonkulous. And, you know, what I love about that even more is the fact that, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Americans fly in or, you know, Britons or Australians or... You know, English-speaking people, you know, fly in. But the majority of them are German or Austrian or whatever the case might be. And they know all the words in English. And they're singing back those words in English to you. And that's got to be the greatest fucking feeling in the world. You know, the fact that they're so dedicated to the music that, A, they're there for four days straight, sleeping on the fucking ground and eating nothing but corn dogs or whatever the hell they eat in fucking, you know, in Germany and a festival. But... (laughs) They they mostly sausage. Or just, yeah, I was gonna say it's like a it's like a corn dog, but with sausage, sausage in it. In it. Yeah, something like that. Um, bratwurst, yeah. Bratwurst, yeah. Um, I have it. Oh god, bratwurst is amazing. But anyway, <laughs> um, now they've taken that extra you know love of that music so much they've went and you know they might not know what they're singing, but they know the fucking words in English, and that's a true dedication. I mean. I, I, any baby metal fans in here in America actually take the time to learn and listen to what they're actually saying, or they just rock out to baby metal? You know what I'm saying? Well, I think I think the turnout is largely due to a lot of their favorite artists not touring those regions as 
often as well. So you only do get that one big festival circuit, that one summer a year to see like all these, you know, American bands or uh, just uh, international bands in general, Australian bands, uh, especially also do really well up there. So yeah, um, just withholding supply means that every time you go out there, uh, I've got friends who tour or until this year would tour Germany once a year and that pays their rent for the rest of the year. Oh yeah. Just, sure. just a, just a, you know, six show run in Germany or something like that. And they don't have to play another show in America if they don't want to. Yeah. But then at the same time, you know, you know, to that point, I remember it was like three or four years ago. Um, I went to go see, it was Metallica with Avenged Sevenfold and Volbeat. Um, saw him at the, uh, the, the, um, Baltimore Ravens Stadium. It's a huge fucking stadium. And it was maybe... That's stacked as hell. Huh? That's stacked as hell, that bill. It is. It's stacked. stacked. And I can tell you right now, it was maybe 60% filled. Hmm. And Metallica tours how, you know, they don't tour very often. When they do tour, they they pick and choose their cities. Um, Was Metallica the largest concert in the world? In Russia, I think. Yes, it was. I, I think that, yeah, the largest concert ever yep. put on. So if you can't pack out Baltimore, Metallica. It, was, it wasn't David Hasselhoff and... Uh... <laughs> oh, playing the Berlin Wall? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what the uh, the cap was on that room, but... <laughs> yeah, but no, Metallica did... I think it was the, the biggest. I don't know the numbers. It was ridiculous numbers. Um, playing Russia during... In Soviet Russia... You know, with mm-hmm. massive amounts of guards and everything else like that, military, yeah, and you know they can pack out that, but or when they even go across this, the you know the the pond and they play over in Europe, they pack out everywhere, but they didn't pack out, you know, you know Baltimore, you know, and it was it was in May, so it's not like it was cold, you know, um, <laughs> and there was no reason for it, and I was really really upset. I was like, this is one of the oldest and greatest bands in the fucking world and not even the baltimore crowd can pack this place out and it was a yeah but yet again if that same tour went to europe they would jump all over it i think you're seeing largely the, the the depth of guitar music in general uh you know both technology and just tastes by and large uh have moved on in a lot of ways and you know there's still a market for it and it's it's small but it is dedicated so that's why you still see bands out there but i mean uh in a lot of ways guitar music has uh declined i mean gone are the days of the sold out baltimore orioles stadium for metallica <laughs> i mean there's your answer right there one of the biggest american guitar bands of all time uh can't sell out a bill with avenge sevenfold tagged on to it so that's 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 kind of your indicator right there and, and luckily bands have uh, external markets like that to uh, to rely on, but again, it's a reason that everybody has to get creative. Yeah, I mean, and I had a conversation with um, the lead singer of a band called uh, September Morning not too long ago. Uh, her name is Emily, and um, her and I were talking about this exact same subject. You know, the fact that America says rock is dead. Um, guitar music is dead and that still as much as I don't want to believe it and as much as I don't want to you know argue that point at all 
you know, it's, it, it, you know, it's almost at the point of like concession, just like, yeah, it is what it is. Um, but that is due to record labels and, you know, pushing what they think, you know, is sexy, what they think is popular. And then they, for lack of a better term, brainwash people into thinking that this is what good music is. You know, I mean, how else do you explain Nickelback being around for the last 25 years? Um, <laughs> that was I'll a funny joke. Till the day I die. Oh, that was until a funny joke. Die. That was hilarious <laughs> joke. Come on, give me credit on that one. <laughs> they, they are Canadian heroes. <laughs> I, yeah, I was actually going to say, I mean, it's not like Nickelback's one of my go-to bands, but they have some good songs, like, hidden in there. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they, they can it's, write a good song if they want. It's cheesy, but if you submit to what it is, Nickelback is the best at what they do. I, you know what? I will not agree. I will not I will not disagree with you on that one. <laughs> that is 100% accurate. They know exactly go, what they're doing. You have to know what you're getting into. You can't put it on and, and expect something else. You, you are playing Nickelback, so you, yeah. you are you are at their mercy. You remember, they have, that song but, that, uh, you remember that song he did with Santana? No. Into the night. You remember that? Where uh, mm-hmm. I was in like eighth grade, I think. Uh, I like Santana, so <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> it was like you discovered Nickelback through Santana. No, no, no. no. <laughs> that rules. No, well, it, actually, it was like around the same time, but <laughs> I'm trying to remember that. Modern version of Smooth with Rob Thomas. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was, I was, I was going to say, that was the only song that I can remember a collaboration like that was with Rob Thomas. He, uh, there's like a whole album of him doing collaborations that I think I have somewhere. Well, you made a point earlier, too, about um, labels putting out what they think will sell. And that's, I, I believe that that's largely in part due to um there not being much money in music in general M- music is uh, such it's such a labor intensive product to create and very uh time consuming and expensive to do if you want it to be done well enough to sell a lot of copies or streams or what have you um but it doesn't sell for very much so you know, gone are the days of the eighties where they could throw, you know, a bunch of money at, you know, a white snake or a warrant or a white lion or, you know, whoever, uh, they, they just can't experiment anymore. So they have to put out what the, the data is showing sells. They have to be careful with who they sign, who they sponsor, who they, uh, release music from. Um, so many good bands are shelved or just not picked up at all because the, the labels just don't have the, that kind of money anymore to just uh, try anything. I mean, I, I'll, I'll contend till the day I die that the early 2000s are like the wild west of music because you had all this different technology at, you know, at your fingertips for much cheaper than it was in the 80s, all the synthesizer technology and sampling and all sorts of stuff. Um, and labels still had a little bit of money to throw at stuff like, you know, Horse the Band or Fear Before or something like that. And uh, it put it all, you know. The perfect combination of analog meets digital and still money. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so the labels could experiment. And yeah. now you just don't have that anymore because it's all on streaming services. And like you said earlier, it only makes point, you know, it makes a third of a cent per play. So yeah. why would I throw all this money at somebody who is weird and might not sell just because I like it? If, if I can, you know, just put my money on somebody who I think will sell. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, my head goes to this. So let's go ahead and use Metallica as an example, okay? Or, you know, any rock band, for example, that writes their own music. When they go into a studio to record, you have a producer and you have a mixer. So maybe six people total in that studio, okay? But then you put Beyonce in a studio. You're going to have five or six producers a couple different mixers, a couple people that know how to track beats. And then on top of that, if they're going to go ahead and sample anything, they have to go ahead and pay the royalties on those beats. And plus, Beyonce doesn't write her own songs, so they have to hire five or six different people to write her songs for. Her. Does all that money, you know, equate to the same, you know, opportunity for profitability as a six-man team versus a 75-man team? I think it does. If if they're putting in... Apparently put in, it does. But, but that's what I'm saying. So why aren't they putting more money into rock when they can spend less and make the same amount of profit as they would on Beyonce putting 75 people versus six? You follow probably what I'm saying? More, probably because they have more control. You know? It's more, it's more like, okay, Beyonce, you have this natural, gifted voice. We can make you a star. Just do what we say. And then they have their team and they go and do it. Whereas a band, you're trying to accomplish a certain thing. And then a lot of band members can be hard at it and they all want their shit in the mix. And I don't know. That might be one yeah, reason. It, it, it's a calculated risk uh, either way, but the, but the money and the numbers back someone like Beyonce, who is a known quantity, who you know will sell X amount of records, no matter, you know, how, how good the actual turnout is. So if you can invest all this money into producers, writers, choreographers, artists, that sort of thing to create this masterpiece of an album every single time, they've already done the math. And that's why we're still putting out so many Beyonce records and we're not signing guitar bands or small bands in general is because they've done the math already and they, they can make their money that way. And uh, they just don't, They'd rather make that investment in a sure thing that they can make even better every time around instead of, you know, we like this band. Maybe they'll write a kick-ass song and all we can do is promote the shit out of it. I mean. Yeah. Unless the band is like really, (laughs) unless, unless the band's really malleable and they agree to like, I don't know, like if you don't like what we're putting out, that's okay if you help us <laughs> or yeah. something. When all it takes know. is one too. I mean, grunge wasn't a movement or, or it was a movement, but it wasn't a uh, market and it wasn't a genre or a product to sell until Nirvana got huge. So all it takes is one to really, you know, break that mold and then start a wave. So if you're doing something new and innovative and carrying this wave of bands after you that want to do what you're doing and holy shit sells, that's when labels will, start to reinvest in guitar music but yeah well i think I we're mean, on the i'm ver- trying to think of examples yeah well i'm thinking we're on the verge of that happening and maybe in the next year or two um because there's two things that i think are imminent well actually let me rephrase that 
One is definitely imminent, and the other is a huge possibility. Um, and I think with these, if these two things happen the way I think they're going to happen, it's going to change everyone's perception of rock and metal. So the first one is Miley Cyrus. So her newest album um, sounds like Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Straight up 80s, you know, metal. I mean, rock. It's I have seen her a lot with Bill, uh, Billy Idol. Like, he's been posting about her a lot. Yeah, she did a lot of, uh, you know, collaborations with this album that she just dropped or is about to drop. I can't remember which one it is. But it's very, very rock-esque and very, very Joan Jetty. However, um, that's not what I'm talking about. Within next year, she's dropping a new, another album that is going to be a straight-up Metallica covers album. So I think... Interesting. Yeah, and that is 100% <laughs> confirmed. She's working with James and Lars on it. You know, she's got the blessing of everything, and she's putting it together right now as we speak. Um, so I think that right there is going to open up a big door for her fans, at least, to come over. And then the other thing that I think is imminent, not confirmed, but definitely imminent, is Post Malone doing a metal album. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a, a theme kid originally, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he was... play metalcore and stuff. Yeah, he was, a, he was in a metalcore band um, in high school and still is a hardcore metalhead. I mean, if you ever watch any of his interviews with him in his tour bus... He's got Megadeth or Anthrax or some other fucking, you know, metal band, you know, rocking in the in the background. Um, and then on top of that, last year he collaborated with Ozzy for, you know, some of his songs. That's true. Yep. So <laughs> I, I think a full-fledged metal album from him is imminent. And I think with the combination of those two things, I think we're going to see a huge turn in the rock industry. Will it ever go back to 80s? Probably not. But I think the door is going to open for us to really see and grasp what is available to us. I think Machine Gun Kelly's yeah. doing his thing too, which I mean, I'm not like a huge fan of, but that's something. Yeah, but his his pop punk album that he just released is actually pretty fucking good. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I am not the biggest pop punk guy, but damn. They, yeah. he pulled it off very, very well. Well, with help from Travis Barker, which of course. <laughs> makes sense. But I mean, yeah, Travis I, Barker. I haven't listened to the album, but yeah. I mean, Travis Barker is a freaking, you know, pop punk king or ska, whatever, you know, you want to call Blink 182, but, you know, absolutely. And you, and you can't go wrong. It's like, Oh, let's go ahead and, um, like, with this Queens of the Stone Age, you know, oh, we don't have a drummer. Let's go ahead and call Dave Grohl. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. And Queens of the Stone Age took off just because of that. Um, you know, so, I mean, hey, you, you can't um, – don't mix words with that one. I think that was great. But, no, I think uh, Machine Gun Kelly did a great job with that. Um, and, hell, I mean, he's he's got third billing on um, – the night that My Chemical Romance fucking uh, headlines, you know, on that that aftershock tour next year. Mm. So he's he's third he's right two underneath you know or one underneath uh, My Chemical Romance who's headlining Saturday. So if that doesn't tell you something, that I mean that's a huge huge thing to him. 
So, I mean, I think that's a, a huge positive in the combination between Machine Gun Kelly. Um, and if he continues this path, which I think he will, you know, and then Miley Cyrus, which I still am blown away by her. Um, if you haven't already, um, and I've mentioned this before as well, the about a month ago, she did a charity concert for one of the um, concert halls in uh, uh, California. And um, she did a cover of The Cranberry Zombie. I've seen that. Oh, I saw that video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me that girl does not have a presence and a voice for rock and roll. I yeah, mean, that's absolutely. Good. I mean, father's Billy Ray Cyrus and grew up on... <laughs> on the country circuit and everything. So she better. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, and the end there, you know, the last, one of the last choruses or the bridge, I can't remember which one it was, but she started like not a full on scream, but it was a, it was a belt and she fucking was in key, you know, like who, not many people can belt or scream in key, but I think she's one of them. Um, and, you know, that's going to put her on par with some of the rock, you know, metal greats right now, such as like Lizzie Hale or Maria Brink or Tatiana from Ginger or whoever else, you know, the few women that can like scream in key. I think Miley from Spirit Box. Oh my God. May from Spirit Box. Hell yeah. Or the two from Butcher (laughs) Babies, you know, those women are powerful. And especially right now with the way women are presented in rock music. I think she could help lead the charge. She wouldn't take over. No, because you've got Lizzie Hale to compete with. You've got Maria Brink to compete with. You've got all these ones that have made a name for themselves already. But she'll be right up there with them, shaking hands, saying, let's punch the fucking guys on her face, and let's go ahead and make the name for ourselves. And I think she would be right up there with them right away. And I think our community, and when I say that, the the rock metal community, would jump on her like white on rice. And I don't know why, but I just I I feel that in my soul that she would do that. Well, I think it takes all the branches like that in uh, among you know different music scenes to uh, create new movements and stuff. And I think you're you're seeing that now too with a lot of uh, you know guitar rock bands adopting um you know new technologies and new and new songwriting strategies and stuff from other genres and and you see the same thing like you mentioned with uh miley cyrus doing like a joan jett sounding album and um working with metallica and everything um that's kind of how you got stuff like new metal in the 90s which became a huge phenomenon and still and is making a comeback now even uh oh yeah just because you know bands like you know slipknot and and Limp Bizkit are are back in vogue, but that was from the rap move, rap and hip hop movement in the '80s and '90s, and being raised on that sort of counterculture, and then adopting it to guitar music and turning into this new phenomenon that you know became its own really marketable uh, genre of music and, and and style of of playing. So I mean, we're we're kind of due for that now, and we're kind of seeing it with the like. 80s synth wave vaporwave sort of thing um being adopted and and bringing in more synthesizers and bands that are inspired by i mean you see a lot of emo bands are inspired by like uh 
the Smiths and Joy Division and, and yeah. New Order and The Cure and so on. Yeah, look at so uh, Bring I, I Me the Horizon. Yeah, yeah. Also, also Bring Me the Horizon is, is bringing a lot of those synth elements and kind of uh, leading the charge in the metalcore scene to uh, to adopt those those new methods. And uh, yeah, like, like I said, I think we're due for another big paradigm shift in the way that people play their guitars or the, the, the way that people write rock music. And uh, you're kind of seeing, I think we're seeing it in real time. You don't ever really notice it until you write it in the history books uh, looking backwards. Um, but you're, you're seeing it in stuff like, like being with the horizon for sure. And, and some other bands out there. Yeah. Like you also uh, mentioned, you know, the wave of new metal, you know, we still have, and then some of the newer bands like I prevail. I mean, I, that would definitely fall into that category of new metal. Um, but then at the same time, you know, one of the things I think we as a community missed the ball on and didn't promote enough of was the uh, the annual album when pop goes punk. Um, you know, when when a bunch of, you know, unknown, you know, punk bands, metal bands, whatever, cover pop songs, the most popular songs cover of the year. 40, yeah. yeah, and... You know, if those some of those songs got into the hands of those fans that were fans of those songs, they'd be like, holy shit, what the hell's going on here? Like one of my favorite bands, um, Ice Nine Kills, covered an Adele song, you know, and covered mm -hmm. a um, uh, Maroon 5 song on two different albums. Um, and he fucking killed it, you know. And, you know, there's so many good songs on those things that I think, you know, if they ever got their hands on those, they would be like, oh, okay. It, these guys can do just as well as these pop artists look at this let's 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 give them a chance um now of course you know if you listen to you know ice nine kills adele you know whatever song they did and then go pop in you know the silver scream you you'd be completely uh you know flabbergasted at the difference but still the point is they can pull that kind of shit off and i think that's another thing that we missed a boat on but i'm glad it's that's always been out there because i think that has that has done a small part in bringing in more people into our you know our genre as well I think it does a lot for those bands uh, as well. It, it probably does more for those bands, for their fans to be able to see their influences and see what they're into, what they're listening to, and um, maybe bring them over to you know some top forties music that they would be that they would have an aversion to because it wasn't cool to like or something like that. So it yeah. kind of broadens the horizons on on both sides. Yeah, because I remember on when, Pop, when Pop Goes Punk, it was about maybe five or six years ago, maybe a little bit longer, um, when I Prevail first came out, their first big hit was on Pop Goes Punk, and it was um, their cover of uh, Taylor Swift's um, um, oh, fuck. Blank Space. I think they've had several. Yeah, but, but they, the, their first one was Taylor Swift's Blank Space, and that one took off. Um, like... Yeah. crazy it was it was all over octane on sirius xm and it was everywhere um and then mm -hmm. they started doing their own thing and now they're just you know they're fucking huge um they were gonna tour this year Yeah, now they're just a big metalcore band that catapulted them yeah <laughs> i mean this year they were on the card with um papa roach and five finger death punch that was the tour and and iceland kills that was gonna be the tour that they were on this year um, I had tickets and press passes to go to that fucking thing and i'm pissed off that i couldn't go <laughs> i would have loved to go oh but anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just one of those things that I think, again, there's so much 
good music out there. There's so many good collaborations. And I think other, you know, people like Rihanna talking about how much she loves metal music, um, you know, and all these other R&B and rap artists that talk about it too are helping the cause as well. So currently, is it dead? No, I think it might be on life support. But I think the cure for cancer is coming and, you know, we're right around the corner from it and it's going to explode. And it's going to be it's going to explode ridiculously, and I think it's going to be fantastic. And the bands that stuck around this year, that have put out a ton of new shit, you know, even though they can't tour, that have been in the faces of these fans that have been discovering new music, and even Spotify putting indie artists on the featured you know track list on the front of fucking as soon as you open it up, you know, is phenomenal. And I think. That's why, you know, with what everything that happens in the next coming years, you guys have the opportunities that you would have never been granted otherwise. This fucking virus has been a gift and a curse. And if you're a creator, it's a gift. And if you grabbed it by his horns like you guys did and like a lot of other indie bands have, I think it's going to benefit you in the long run better than anything else in the world. Yeah, I mean, a pro of it is also um, uh, a lot of local bands rush what they're doing like Rush, I know I have, and pretty much every other band I've been in, but COVID has definitely forced us to take a step back, make sure everything's the best that it can be, and then have more of a rollout for the album or whatever you want to call whatever this thing is that we're putting out. It's seven songs, so it's like right in the middle of an EP and an album. I don't really know what to call it, but uh, yeah, like in the past, it's just been like, let's get it done. We're excited. Let's go play some shows, put some, you know, songs out. But uh, I think that's a pro. You know, absolutely. And um, the new song, um, what was it called again? Wick. Wick to Handle. Wick, Wick to, to handle. handle. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. The new song, Wick to Handle, is great. Um, and I can't wait to hear what else you Thank guys you. put out. Um, the link for that is in the description here. Um, please go and check that out. Um, dude, you guys are fucking phenomenal. Thank you very much for, you know, taking me on this wild, wild trip here. Um, you know, oh, and you know, before we, before we close out here, I do want to kind of go ahead and, uh, cause I always like to have a little bit of a, a message, you know, along with it. Um, so we, we, we briefly, you know, joked about why the name of the show is suck it. Um, Mm -hmm. So the real reason why the name of the show is Suck It is because I suffer from bipolar depression and also severe anxiety and PTSD. And growing up in the 90s as a kid, as a boy, I was always told, you can't be depressed. That's for girls. Suck it up. So as I got older and realized, hey, fuck you, um, anytime anyone told me to suck it up, I repeated, I told them to suck it. So because of that, that's why the name of the show is the way it is. Um, it's for anyone who comes here that has mental health issues and anyone who's ever told them to suck it up, you tell them to suck it. And that's exactly what this whole show is about. So, um, as far as a fan's perspective, okay. Um, not the music historian's perspective of myself or not the, the host of this show, but from a fan's perspective, I want to thank you and everybody else that has created new music this year because our mental health as human beings in this country has been absolute shit. 
Um, suicide rates are through the fucking roof, um, higher than they have been in recent years. And giving the opportunity, getting the opportunity to discover new music has really, really helped me. And I know it's helped a lot of other people. And it's given me a reason to continue to wake up every morning. Because every morning now, I have a reason to wake up to come here, talk to new artists, promote new artists, um, and listen to new music. And it's really, really helped me find who I am and what I want to be. You know, and so I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for, you know, regardless of the meaning of the song and the reasons why you did it. Thank you very much for producing new music this year. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having us. Thanks for uh, creating avenues for uh, small bands like ourselves to uh, promote ourselves. We otherwise wouldn't have uh, much of an audience at all if it weren't for uh, creators like yourself. So, I mean, anybody can take that to heart if they're out there, you know, creating a podcast or you know, Twitch channel or even just calling their friends and saying, Hey, I heard this awesome new song. You, know, you, you can be happy that you also contributed to the, you know, sanity and the, the mood and, and general uh, well-being of those around you and of the bands that uh, you want to thank yourself. So uh, thank you as well. Hey, it's my pleasure. And as long as Earshot Media keeps on getting new, new bands, I will continue to start promote, to promote them. Um, because that's where all the indie bands I do come from, because Mike is a fucking amazing. Uh, Mike, shout out to you as always, like I say almost every fucking night, because um, he's an amazing PR guy, and um, you guys have, are on the right track, and it's my pleasure to have you here. And, you know, it's only your second podcast, and I hope that this is the one that you remember for years to come, because when this new EP drops, because seven songs would be an EP. <laughs> when this new EP drops, I want you guys back on the show and we're going to profile it. Cool. I like that. Sounds good to me. All right. Guys, you know, Craig and Yergi, thank you so much for being here. Um, it has been a pleasure and an honor and I cannot wait to see what you guys do in the coming year. And uh, just hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. I've tagged you and everything. Um, let me know when that new EP is going to come out. We'll arrange something, okay? All righty. Thank you, Derek. Hey, no problem, man. You guys have a great night now. Same to you. You as well. All right, guys. And that's our Tuesday. Come back tomorrow at a regular time of 8 p.m. East, 5 p.m. West for world-renowned, world-famous comedian Steve Hofstetter. Ah, Steve Hofstetter, the king of the hecklers, will be live on the show and with how crazy him and I both are, you know it's going to be a fucking fun-ass time. So come back tomorrow, 8 p.m. East, 5 p.m. West, for Steve Hofstetter. But until then, guys, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, stay fucking heavy. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.